Well, welcome to the PWH podcast. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about the cancel culture yeah, and what that looks like, well, with what the Bible says and just kind of the things that it does to humanity and the culture in which we live. Yeah. You know, I see it so much on social media, how any mistake you make just automatically cancels you and that's not to say I think one day you had uh, a sermon that I remember specifically where you said that when somebody apologizes it's not to say that what they did is okay it's just to say that their debt is forgiven and it almost feels as if we haven't given people room to mess up anymore yeah anybody listening you're perfect really oh I don't think so No, no, no. I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And I'll tell you what, I still got my own stuff I battle with. Yeah. I I mean, maybe it's different for you. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. If you are perfect, you know, it's, it's the, uh, it's the story of Jesus and the, the woman who was caught in adultery. Yeah. You know, everybody was just so itching to stone her. We're going to throw rocks until she is dead because she messed up. And nobody's going to, nobody's trying to justify her sin. Nobody's saying that it was okay because, because the adultery, it was not okay. However, Jesus said, you know, it says he stooped down and started writing in the sand. And, you know, there's, there's been a long question of what was he writing in the sand before I get to it? What do you think it was? I have honestly, it's crazy because I was actually talking about it with a friend um, a couple of weeks ago, and I have so many theories of what it could be. I I just don't know. I'll right, give you your best theory because then I'll tell you what my theory is. Yeah, what I what I think he was doing when he was writing in the sand, for me, the way that I read it is, well, this is what happened, and now this is what you were like drawing a line in the sand that you are no longer to go there anymore. And he kind of crossed over that line. What specifically he wrote, I don't know. But in my mind, it's like I'm crossing over this line, this line that people have built, this line that you even had for yourself, this identity that you have for yourself. And we're crossing this over, and that's no longer who you are. I, that could very well be. Yeah. My theory is this, because <laughs> because they were dragging her in front of Jesus. She committed adultery. That's one of the big 10, Yeah. right? It's thou shalt not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. And so I think Jesus stooped in the sand and I think he started writing out all 10 commandments. Oh, wow. And, and that because, and that in my mind, that would fit really well Yeah. because as he's writing out the 10 commandments, if indeed that's what he was writing, he looks at everybody and says, all right, Anybody who doesn't have any sin, in other words, anybody who has not broken any of these, you be the first one to cast the stone. Mm-hmm. Maybe adultery isn't your sin, but what about lying? What about stealing? What about dishonoring your parents? Mm-hmm. What about coveting? Oh my gosh, who has not broken that one? My Lord. <laughs> and so he says, okay, well, if you're going to condemn her for this one, well, what about the other nine? Yeah. And if all of you are perfect in that, then by all means. Go ahead. Go ahead. And what I love about that story is that the only one that could have condemned her is the one that approached her. Yeah. The only one that could have said, I don't do any of these things, the one that could have picked up the stone. And had the right to cast the first one. had the right to cast the first stone was the one that approached her and said that she's forgiven, you know, and go and sin no more. And that really just shows... One, I believe that in loving people, there is forgiveness. And the Bible says that the world shall know us by the way that we love. 
And I believe that there is for, in love there is forgiveness. And what we've really let go of is not, one, we have these standards for people, standards that we don't even uphold ourselves. Two, I think that we've forgotten or maybe choose to not love others. You know, it's when Jesus, when Jesus forgave the woman, when he says, where, is, where are your accusers? Well, they've all left. He said, neither mm-hmm. do I accuse you. That is such a, a the, the image of the cancel culture. Aha, we got you. Yeah. We found you out. You are wrong and we're going to drag you and we're going to cancel you yeah. by way of stoning. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to cancel you forever. Yeah. <laughs> Tweeting them. And it's, you know, it, the thing is, I've really seen it even on like with Twitter and anything, finding old things that we have said. And it's, and uh, you know, what if all we said was really written out for everybody to see? We would have <laughs> some big mistakes in there, things that we've said, things that we've maybe didn't even mean at the time. Uh, but somehow it's pulled up and shown to the world and said, this is who they really are. And maybe it wasn't really who they really are or really were. But it was just a bad moment and something that yeah. they didn't think through when they said. Well, be rest assured that your uh, every word that you are saying is yeah. written down in heaven. And yeah. Jesus even said, you'll give an account for every idle word that you say. Yeah. Back to the cancel culture. Um it's very interesting to see how the cancel culture actually works and the mentality that you need in order to, um, with all personal justification and righteousness, mm-hmm. totally cancel somebody else. Yeah, You have to come from the place of the assumption that you are perfect and everything that you do and everything that you say is completely right and there is no room for any error in anything of who you are as a person. Yeah. And so if I am going to cancel you, you have no place on the internet, you have no place on social media, you have no place in my life. Well, you have now elevated yourself to the place of perfection and absolute totally total righteousness and you be you really become the ultimate virtue signaler yeah. for everything in life. And that is so repulsive. I've, um, I've been a pastor for over 17 years. I've worked with a lot of people. I've built teams and ministry teams and uh, ministered to lots of people. And I'll tell you what, I have learned a lot over the years. And, and, and the key thing that I've learned is humility is everything. Mm-hmm. That if you are humble and you are teachable, I will give my life for you. I will put up with however many mistakes in your past, present, or future. If you are humble about it, you're repentant about it, you're teachable about it, and that's the same way I try to live with myself. But if you're hard-headed and you're the virtue signaler of all mankind, you, you, you know, tout yourself as the Savior and I know everything about everything and I can't possibly be wrong, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I'm t- I, don't, I don't know who does have time for that. You can't get through to that. No, you can't have a dialogue. You can't, you can't say, hey, what if you think about it like this? Canceled! Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, no, you can't think about it like that because, because I am, you, you are what? Everything to everything. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I think the church in general, 
you know, we need to work on because anytime that there's someone with an opposing view, instead of treating that like a discussion, we treat it like an argument. Right. We treat it as in, well, my defenses are up and I'm going to defend uh, what my truth is against all costs. And when me personally, when I would work in the high schools, I've met a lot of different students with a lot of different backgrounds, with a lot of different ideas. And if we know anything about 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, is that they think they're right and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> and, you know, we, we all live in that where it's like, I'm more evolved, I know more, and, uh, you know, I'm working some things out, and they take even opinions or theories to be truth. And, you know, I would work a lot of, with a lot of students that were, you know, LGBTQ and all of this, and it was never a moment, at least for me, where I saw, I'm going to try to prove you wrong, to mm. pull you over to my side. If I come with that approach of I want to pull you over to my side, I already lost because I'm coming in with a mind that's not open to loving. Right. I want to convince you I don't want to love you. And that's the opposite of what God does. I mean, even look at the woman at the well. He approaches her, and after approaching her, he approaches her sin, but after having that conversation. And what we tend to do so many times is call out the sin before we even have a conversation with the person. Right. And there's some basic human things where no matter who you are or what you believe in or where you come from or where you've been, where we can talk about some things. And you can see I'm not the holier-than-thou person. I'm a person just like you. I bleed just like you. I feel just like you. And when we get to that place, we're now able to show the love of Jesus to others. Um, instead of showing, well, I must be right and you must be wrong. I saw this video on TikTok that really broke me. Um, and I almost did a duet on it, but I didn't end up doing it. I just let it kind of simmer. But it was this lady who started, a uh, Christian lady that started uh, condemning a girl for what she was wearing mm. and saying, you know, you must be going to hell for that. And she says, you must not be going to church because of this. And the girl was recording her, and all I could think was, God, I'm so sorry that this is how we've decided to represent you. You would never do this to this girl. It's and, the cancel culture yeah, infecting the church. Yeah, and she, and she you know, wished hell upon this girl. And any person that's a Christian that wishes hell upon somebody else, I'm sorry, but that's not Jesus at all. No, not even close. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... When you when you read in Galatians chapter five the uh, the works of the flesh, and it lists all of these different things, and you know almost half of them have to do with sexual immorality, um, and so all, all all different types of sorts of uh, and sorts of sexual immorality, and and you know the believers look at that and say, oh my gosh, you know yeah we we'll never do that, we'll never engage in sexual immorality. When how many believers? Yeah, or get stuck in that. Get stuck in that same thing, or pornography, or something like that. And um, but then it talks about works of the flesh as being envy and anger and dissension and divisions and all of that kind of stuff. Where somehow we say, you know, sexual immorality—it's so 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 bad. And yeah, we should not live there. And yeah, it is bad. But in the same list, anger, contentions, divisions strife, Mm -hmm. gossip, slander, all of those kinds of things that somehow it's like, ah, we just kind of sweep those under the rug. Yeah. You know, we gossip about the person and we'll we'll cancel them. Cancel culture is total works of the flesh. If you just look through that, the anger, the division, the dissension, the gossip, 
I think you could really make a case of saying canceling people is the work of the flesh yeah. as well. But somehow that's not that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. That's how it's justified. Why? Because it's the same, even in Christians, it's the same damnable attitude of I am right. I've always been right. I always will be right. I'm enlightened. Therefore, you're not. I am enlightened. You're not. I got Jesus. You don't. I have the Bible and you don't. Therefore, every possible interpretation of every factor of life that goes through me is, well, congratulations on your promotion. Mm -hmm. You have just become the Holy Spirit. Mm. Congratulations on your new promotion. Yeah. Because, listen, our job is not to convict the world of sin. Our job is actually not even to convince the world of righteousness. Yeah. Our job is to preach Jesus. Our job is to love people. The conviction of sin and the convincing of righteousness, that is the Holy Spirit's job. You know, um, my wife and I were uh, missionaries in Mexico for a time, and we planted a church out of our living room. Mm-hmm. You know who the very first uh our very first uh, uh, attendees of our newly planted church were, it was a lesbian couple who lived just down the street from us. Wow. And one of those ladies, my wife, my wife grew up in Mexico. We went back to her hometown, and that's where we were planning this church. And so my wife actually remembered this one lady from the time when she lived there as a, as a kid. And so they became our first and most faithful uh, attenders. And so... They, uh, after the first time they were in our house, they sat down with us. They said, we want to tell you who we are. We want to tell you what we believe, how we live, and why we live this way. Okay. So we sat down with them, and they, they told this whole story of rejection by the church and abuse and just it, very hard-to-hear life stories. Mm-hmm. And I looked at them both. I didn't tell that. And I said, you know, this is what we believe about what the Bible says. I said, however, you are always welcome here. Lesbian couple. All right. Yeah. So, so they came and they were our most faithful attenders. <laughs> I never, ever beat them over the head. I prayed for them. I've never beat them over the head with the Bible saying, you, you're a sinner. Canceled. Yeah. Boom. You know, you're going to hell. Or you don't belong here. You don't belong here. No, 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 no. That is not my job. My job is not to cancel people. My job is not to say, listen, if I want to point out sin in their life, Jesus is going to point out sin in my life. Yeah. Because maybe that's not my sin, but rest assured, I got stuff that I deal with too. I mean, my Spanish teacher would say, before you point at somebody, realize there's just three, po- there's three fingers pointing right back at yeah, you. <laughs> it's the truth. So these, uh, so I, I, I never directly confronted them and said, listen, if you don't get out of this, you're going to hell. Yeah. I, no, that, that is not my job. It's not my place, nor is it the heart of God. So they kept coming, and I, I taught there the way you've heard me teach here at Pathway. Yeah. I teach the truth. I'm unabashed about it. I taught, I taught our people there in Mexico to pray and to spiritual warfare and taught them the fundamentals of following Jesus and all that stuff. And we actually ended up being there um, for only about seven months 
due to a kidnapping situation. Another story for another day. That's another story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll cover that sometime. But one of the last weeks we were there before the kidnapping situation um, is they wanted to do a, a kindness to us. They said, can we come over and clean your house? And I said, I ain't going to say no. <laughs> right? and so, so they came and they just, they, they loved us so much. They just wanted to, to clean our house. And, and so I was talking with Rita. Oh, I love Rita. And Rita and I were talking and she goes, Hey, I just want to let you know, pastor. Remember for seven months, I've not said anything to them about their lifestyle. We just hug them. We love them. We accept them. You have a place here, and this is who Jesus is. That's that for seven months. That's all it been. I didn't say you need to stop that right now. Mm-hmm. A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. I didn't say that. And so uh, after about seven months, she's in my kitchen. She's cleaning, and she says, "Pastor, I want to let you know, I had a talk with my partner last night, and we decided that we're not living right before the Lord." I never told them that. They just said, we recognize that what we're doing is not honoring the Lord. And we said, we're going to be friends and no more. Mm. That's it. Why? Because it's not my job to cancel somebody because of their struggle. Yeah. Because of their past or even their current views. That's not my job. It is the Holy Spirit's job to, to get into where they are and to love them and bring them to Jesus. That's the, I refuse to do the Holy Spirit's job because I'm terrible at it. (laughs) And I think that that's where a lot of us live, where we feel like this is what God called me to do. And you said something a little bit earlier that we're called to preach Jesus. Well, what do you mean when you, when you say preach Jesus, right? Because people say, well, does that mean I get up on a pulpit? Does that mean that you want me to start a group? You know, when I hear Jesus wants us to preach him. I believe that that means that we preach him through our lives. Um, I love John MacArthur's quote that he says, you might be the only Bible an unbeliever ever reads. Well, what are people around me reading from me? Am I really showing Jesus? Am I really loving like Jesus? Am I really being patient in my loving? Am I being forgiving? Um, And I feel that what you said right now in that, you know, testimony, it's It's so key for so many of us because I think that after even six months, we'd be like, well, you should be probably wrapping up with this sin already. You you, you should know better. Right. But that even shows how God is with us. And everybody is in the middle of their story. Yeah. And, and, you know, you want to, you know, you you said a great thing just a little bit uh, ago that that if I come at you with the, 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 the mentality that I'm going to convince you and I'm going to pull you to my side instead of, I'm just going to meet you where you are. Let's, let's respect and love each other. Yeah. And, and then you let the Holy Spirit work. But if you say, no, I'm going to win you. I'm going to win you. I'm going to convince you. And you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Cancel, 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 cancel until you see it my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that, that is, it, it is a damnable mentality in our culture and in a lot of the church as well. I say, let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. And somebody watching may, might be saying, well, you know, that you're, you're going to preach the gospel light then that you're going to, it's going to be light and it's going to be weak. And you're not going to tell them about the reality of sin and death and hell and judgment. No, I, I do talk about those things. Those mm-hmm. are realities. 
But to say that you are at the point of, of absolute perfection and everybody else is beneath you, that's, the, that's what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Not that the reality of heaven and hell, sin, death, and judgment is not a reality. Oh, no, it is a reality. And it's something that's very present in my mind where I even evaluate myself. Actually, the book of 1 Corinthians says, um, evaluate yourself to make sure you are still in the faith. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so we have no business pointing out and judging other people. Even what Jesus said, before you take the speck out of your neighbor's eye, take care of the big fat log that's in your own eye first. Yeah. And my gosh, it's so true. And, you know, we now that you said that about, you know, that's the light gospel. I, I You know, if you really think about it, loving is the hardest part of the oh gospel. Oh, my gosh. And I feel that so many times uh, the church expects, well, a good preaching is one that crushes. A good preaching is one that you're yelling and you're calling certain things out. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I've, a couple months ago I actually did uh, two weeks where I went live every single day. And for one week, I preached just on sin, just mm. on sin and, you know, being held accountable and being able to allow the Holy Spirit to call out certain things on you. The next day after that week was done was the first day that I decided to preach, you know, let's let's bring a little bit of hope back in, you know, let's encourage people. And there was someone that jumped into the live and said that that was the fake gospel, that mm. um, all I'm doing is encouraging and then everybody else that was a part of the week prior was like, well, you must have missed the whole last week where she talked about sin. Right. And, and it, you know, the reason I say that is, is not to say, well, we've got the por- perfect formula, but it's to say we can't expect every single message to do that. There's some messages that encourage. There's some messages that crush. But even the messages that crush should be encouraging because there's hope right. at the end of that crushing. That's there's right. there's love at the end of that discipline. And it all comes back. If it points to Jesus, we're pointing the right way. Uh, but I, I don't believe that the, the perfect way is let me point out everything that's wrong with you because the Holy Spirit does that himself through the Word. Absolutely. And, you know, over the years of ministry— and years of working with people, I've just, I've come to appreciate that when you see people doing things and saying things and acting in certain ways, you've got to remember they are in the middle of their story. Mm -hmm. Their story is not finished. They're battling with things of their past. They're battling doubts. They're battling fears. Most people don't don't have this mentality. I want to go out and I want to, I want to hurt somebody and I want to sin and I want to offend God. Most people, I mean, there are some people that do, but mm-hmm. most people don't have that mentality. Yeah. And it's really easy for a, a pastor or a leader or, or uh, uh, somebody who follows Jesus to say, well, they're all sinful. No, they're in their story. And yeah, there is sin that needs to be dealt with. But to cancel somebody, to throw them out and to belittle them and to crush them is not the heart of God. It's not even close to the heart of God. I am so glad that God didn't treat me that way. Mm -hmm. One of the things that most amazes me about God is that he hasn't canceled me yet. Mm -hmm. Because I, I know very well my own struggles, the, the temptations that I've had to battle for years the things where I have to continually crucify my own flesh 
It's hard. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the thoughts that run through your mind, the words that want to spill out of your mouth, the worldviews or the attitudes, the ugly things that just continually splash out of your life that the Holy Spirit says, hey, what was that? Hey, why did you do that? Hey, why did you say that? Oh, please forgive me, Lord. One of the things that most amazes me about God is how kind and how patient uh, he's been with me and how uh, many new opportunities he's given me and that he chooses to use me in spite of me. It's Mm -hmm. not because of me he uses me. Oh, my Lord, no. Mm -hmm. No, if if, if God was as harsh with me and with you as so many, as the cancel culture is, Mm-hmm. There's no way I would pastor a church. Nope. You know, Same. people have said to me lots of times, well, you know, why did you let that person up in the pulpit? Because, you know, they've got sin in their life. I said, well, if that's true, then nobody will be in that pulpit, including yours truly. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like, you know, I'm out like killing people on the weekends. <laughs> not, it's, we're not talking about that kind of yeah. stuff. But, but what about an attitude? Mm-hmm. What about you fought with your wife? What about um, um, things that you allow your mind to engage in or, or things that are going on in your life that you aren't even aware of yet, but are still sinful before God and his kindness and patience to meet you in the middle of your story and move you every day more towards holiness. It's the opposite of cancel. It's even merciful when he chooses when to deal with certain sins in our lives. That's he, a great point. He doesn't bombard us, like calling out every single mistake. He deals with it when they need to be dealt with. He calls it out when they need to be called out. And, you know, and even him doing that one, that's mercy, but that's also love because the father disciplines a son whom he loves. And when he approaches us with that and he tells us that, it's not to cancel us. I'll tell you what he does cancel. He cancels the debt of our sin. Amen. That he that. does cancel. But he doesn't cancel us. He loves us. And whoever is listening to this, I want you to know that God does love you. God does choose you. God does care about you. And yeah, there is sin in our lives. There is things that he's going to call out, but that doesn't mean that we need to sit around a table and call it out of each other and make ourselves feel like trash at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and you said something so key and something that I've, I've learned over, over walking with the Lord for a long time is that there that God doesn't deal with everything in your life all at the same time. Mm-hmm. There are, he'll, he'll deal with one thing. And once we've kind of moved beyond that, all of a sudden something else starts bubbling up in our life. Um, I'll never forget one of my Bible college professors, when she came to know Jesus, she was a, uh, she was a heavy smoker. And she said, Lord, I, I, I want to receive Jesus. I want to give my whole life to you. But don't you dare touch my smoking. I want my smoking. And the Lord didn't touch it. And, and, and you think, oh my gosh, she gave her life to Jesus and she continued to smoking. She must be smoking on the fumes of hell. <laughs> until the Lord began to work in her life over the next few years. Until she came to a point where she said, you know what? I don't think this is right anymore. God, would you please take this? And all of a sudden, God delivered her from her addiction. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it in the first year or two or three of her walking with Jesus. It wasn't until later, until the Lord had brought her to a point with, this is 
no longer okay. And you see that actually in the book of Exodus when Moses, when Moses uh, comes up to the fiery uh, bush, the burning bush. He had walked with sandals on his feet. And when you have, you know, what are shoes on your feet? It's something that desensitizes you to the world around you. You can walk through all kinds of crap. You can walk mm-hmm. through sticks and stones and dirt and all this garbage. Walk through public restrooms and <laughs> all this, you know, dog poo and all this stuff. Fine. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you just kind of clean it off on the mat and you move along with your life. But, and, and Moses was a shepherd for 40 years. God, only God knows how many times he stepped in sheep poo. Yeah. Have you ever walked behind a herd of sheep? No. I did. A couple, a couple years ago, I went to Tunisia, and, uh, and we were behind a whole herd of sheep. It was horrifying. It was terrible. Couldn't avoid it. No. My gosh. It was terrible. So Moses is walking behind this, and then he sees God's holiness in the burning bush, and, when he, and, and, and he, uh, he starts coming closer and closer and closer and closer. God doesn't deal with his sandals. He doesn't deal with all the crap that he's walked through until he gets close enough. And God says, stop. Now I need you to take the sandals off your feet. If you want to come closer to me, then I've got to deal with the insensitivity to the world around you. I've got to deal with all the dirtiness and garbage that you've walked through. If you want to come closer to me, take the sandals off. Now, he didn't say that 10 feet earlier or, or a half a mile earlier. He says, now you want to come into my presence. Okay. Now I've got to deal with some stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. Stuff that he graciously maybe permitted earlier. Maybe he did not that, not that he was okay with the sin, but he says, if, if you're a little bit afar off, there's some things that I'll allow, but the closer you come, the more I've got to deal with. Yeah. I mean, that's even in our relationships around us. Yes. When somebody's afar, it's kind of like, well. Do whatever you want. Yeah. But if the closer you get to me, it's like, well, there's certain things that I don't permit. There's certain things that I don't yeah. allow. And also there's certain things that I do expect. That's, yeah. a, that's an absolute great point. And that's what God requires of us as well. And who are we to put ourselves, whether you uh, are a Christian or whether you are just in the culture, maybe you stumbled across this podcast mm-hmm. and, and maybe you, you know, you're one of those people that say, well, we need to cancel everybody who's, you know, doesn't think like me. You know, it's, it's the mentality that puts you in a place of superiority, a place of self-righteousness that doesn't belong. It, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't heal. It doesn't bring anybody together. It only serves to divide and elevate your own ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as you're saying that, I keep thinking of Jesus and how they tried to cancel him, <laughs> you know, for sitting with the wrong people, for taking part of the wrong activities. Uh, but even in what he was doing, it was intentional. It was for a reason. Um, and I'm pretty sure that there's been situations in your life, Pastor Kyle, where people have tried to cancel you. Um, and there's been situations in my life where people try to cancel me. Um, but just to know that we have a father who is gracious with us is enough to keep us moving with grace with others. I think we're going to 
table this discussion for now. Our, yeah. our time is, is coming to an end for this episode. But this is worthy of more consideration. It's worthy of more discussion. But for anybody who is watching right now, and this has kind of started maybe poking at your conscience a little bit and poking maybe at some worldviews or even ways that you have interacted with people either in person or on social media. You know, I'm not going to cancel you and I'm not going to tell you that you're, you know, you're a horrible sinner or anything like that. But what I am going to tell you is why don't you let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do and let your job be to love people and not come at them with a sword. This Bible is called the sword of the spirit, the Mm -hmm. word of God, but the sword was meant to not be applied against people. It's applied against the devil. It's applied against sin. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people of sin. It's our job to point them to Jesus and say, he really loves you and he loves you so much that there's things in your life that are separating you from him. And that's mm-hmm. called sin. Not saying, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Cancel. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that. Jesus loves you so much he had to deal with your sin so he could separate you from sin to save you because you are what's important to him. And in talking about you, we've got to talk about sin too. Yeah. Well, with that, guys, we just want to finish with a prayer because uh, I feel that there's a lot of us that deal with this. And uh, whether you've been a believer for years or you're just coming in or maybe you just stumbled upon the podcast like Pastor Kyle said, uh, there's always something to deal uh, within us. So, God, we just come before you in this moment, God, asking that you would teach us to show grace the way that you show grace to us. God, that you would teach us to be merciful in that way as well and to show love, God. Teach us to be your reflections here on earth. God, that your word says that the world will know us by the way that we love. So, God, I pray that you would give us not the world's kind of love, not the fading kind of love, but the everlasting kind of love that you have shown us, God. God, I place all my friends in your hands, God, and I pray that in their circles they're able to display you. God, that they're able to obey you, and God, that you're able to use their lives for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we say amen. Amen. Hey, just a quick reminder as we as we sign out for this week, subscribe to us on YouTube at Pathway Home. Subscribe to us or follow us on Instagram at pwh.tv. Don't forget, every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Pacific time, we have live services where we got live interaction with people and at right at pwh.tv, the URL, not the Instagram yeah. site, the URL, pwh.tv. So we want to invite you to be part of Pathway Home, PWH, yeah. be part of our community. And right here is uh, on the screen is appearing a number that you can text to to become part of the PWH community. Mm-hmm.